Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. For the last four and a half thousand years, the pyramids in Egypt have been a source of fascination and intrigue. We believe that they were tombs for the ancient pharaohs, but many secrets inside the pyramids have been locked away. For hundreds of years, scientists have tried to see inside the largest of the Great Pyramids of Giza, the Pyramid of Khufu, but without success. However, now a team from Leeds University in the UK is creating a small robot, which they hope will enter the inner sanctums of the pyramid. There are two chambers that we know about already, the King's Chamber and the Queen's Chamber, but then there are also shafts from these chambers that don't seem to go to the outside wall. In 1992, a camera sent up the shaft found that it was blocked by a small door. And when that door was broken down, a further door was discovered. That door is now the target for the archaeologists. They don't want to damage the pyramid, of course, but they do want to unlock more secrets. If all goes well, the robots will be drilling down the door later this year. As long as there are resources like coal and minerals under the ground, there will have to be people to help dig them out. It's a dangerous job, and you must have seen many news stories over the years where miners have been trapped underground. When that happens, one of the biggest problems is communication. Wires easily break in a mining collapse, and radio waves can't penetrate very far through rock. So now a new system is being tested in the United States that allows magnetic waves to allow communication. The Magnalink system uses the magnetic waves to send text and voice messages much like a radio would. Although it works slower than radio waves, the system does work from the surface down to a depth of around 300 meters or from inside the mine around half a kilometre. That's not enough for most of the deeper mines around the world, but with more research and development, it's hoped to increase the range of the device and the safety of miners as well. If you suffer from diabetes, the most important thing you have to do is regularly test your blood sugar level. This is done by a little pinprick in your finger and then testing the blood. Yes, it is effective, but it is a hassle when you have to draw blood each time. However, researchers at MIT in the United States are working on a new system that can analyze blood sugar level simply by shining a light on the skin. It uses spectroscopy to shine a type of infrared light on the skin and then analyzes the ensuing vibrations in the blood below the skin. The more sugar in the blood, the different the vibrations. The system isn't perfect, as infrared light can hardly even penetrate one millimeter below the skin. But with more research, easier methods of testing blood should be found. Having more renewable energy sources like solar and wind power is great, 
But there are times when the weather doesn't cooperate, and other times when people suddenly need more power, in cold spells or heat waves, for example. So one of the biggest challenges is to be able to store electricity better. Batteries simply don't have the capacity. So now British and Chinese scientists are looking into a system that would use excess electricity to chill liquid nitrogen and oxygen, but then when demand for electricity increases, warm that up again to boil off the nitrogen, probably using waste heat from the power plant. The gas would then drive a turbine to produce extra electricity. Coal-fired power plants still produce much of the world's electricity, but can't be started up and turned off quickly. So, by storing electricity when many people don't need it and putting it back in the system when others do, is the most efficient way to keep a guaranteed power supply. The most frustrating Christmas present I was ever given was a Rubik cube. That infuriating cube with nine coloured squares on each side that some people can solve in seconds. There are around 43 trillion possible combinations for the cube, but after years of research, mathematicians have figured out that the maximum number of moves to solve the cube from any combination is 20. It has taken as many years as that to figure out the number 20 because there are so many combinations. But that is now the definitive number, which is no use to me. My cube is still unresolved ever since I was given mine 20 years ago. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the science blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next week for more. Teen Time presents podcast on demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time podcast on demand.